0: Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from January 2nd by Brother Todd Burgess titled The Ministry of Reconciliation. It's good to be here this morning, and uh, what a wonderful time of worship. Singing the songs and seeing the hearts of those that are leading, it's, that's a blessing. The passage of Scripture today is going to be in Luke chapter 6, and I'll be using part of verse 27 and then verse 37. This is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He's, he's preaching Beatitudes and teaching the, a lot of the great teaching that you see here. But we're going to be focusing on one section of this, and before I get started, I want to, I want to share with you something that I don't personally believe in. Okay, and it may sound strange at first when I say this, but it says, I don't believe in resolutions. I don't believe in, in recommitments or promises to try to do better. I don't believe in those kind of things because they always fail us. Okay, they always fail. Because that's the work of our flesh trying to do something that God's Holy Spirit wants to do in us if we'll allow Him. And see, that's the way the world tends to do things. But what what but what I believe in is I believe in the ministry of reconciliation because it brings about real change in a person's heart. And that's what we're what we're gonna be looking at here today. And, and I apologize up front to those that that are, that are doing, following the scriptures and point putting on the screen, because I'm already going to change the, the very last scripture I'm gonna read first. So just to kind of give them a heads up back there. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, folks, it's important that we understand this. People talk about spiritual gifts and all these things that they may have. and and But one thing every child of God has is the ministry of reconciliation given them by Jesus Christ himself. And I believe this is the very first and foremost, if you want to call it, gift of of Christ to us that we must use in our everyday life. And unfortunately, I think too many times it does not get used. It does not get used. And so our scripture today, and call me old-fashioned, if you will, but I, I like people to stand when we read God's word. And so if you would stand uh, in Luke 6, verse 27 and verse 37. And it says, but I say unto you, which hear? And that's the focus right there. You've got to have ears to hear. You have to have ears to hear. And then down to verse 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. There is the ministry of reconciliation. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you, Father. As Jeremy has already said, it's not of me, Father, this is you. We want you to speak to our hearts, your Holy Spirit to have power to move amongst us today because you're God and there is none like you. May we have ears to hear what your Spirit wants to say today. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. may be seated. Thank you. Now we need to understand something when we look at This passage of scripture in verse 37 says, judge not. And, you know, that's probably one of the most common phrases that's spoken among people nowadays. It used to be John 3.16. You ask someone about, oh, I know John 3.16. Now it's, no, judge not. Don't judge me. Right? That's what everyone says. They They don't want, don't judge them. You have no right to judge them. And so we have to understand that there is a difference between judgment and discernment. See, we as Christians, we as, the, as God's house, we must have discernment in our lives. We don't need judgment in our lives. We're not to judge, but we are to have discernment in our lives. See, God sees people's hearts, and he knows their motives. You don't know my motives. I don't know yours, but God does. That's why, God, that's why the judgment belongs to God, not us. But we must have discernment. In Proverbs 16, verse 2, it says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. And folks, is that not true? Well, what I did wasn't as bad as what they did. Everything we do is clean in our own eyes. We always want to justify our own actions. This is why we don't need judgment. We need discernment in a Christian's life. Because then we'll learn to portray our actions based not upon what everybody else does, but on what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. That's what's important. And the last part of that verse, of Proverbs 16, 10, two, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. The Lord is the one that's going to hold every person accountable. See, only God can accurately judge those who deserve punishment. And ultimately, Christ is going to be the one that sits upon the throne For the Christian, it'll be the judgment seat of Christ. For the non-Christian, it'll be be the the great day of judgment. Okay? But we're all going to face the judgment of Christ. And yes, he's going to weigh what we did. Not what was good and bad, but what was according to his will and his spirit based upon what was done according to our will and our spirit. And folks, ours gets burned up, wood, hay, and stubble. His is precious stones, gems, gold, silver, and it'll survive the fire. So we need to understand this about judgment. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in this body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And then that good and bad is talking about were you in God's will, following him, or in your own will, following your own devices? See, our problem is that we like to sit in the judgment seat. We like to pronounce condemnation upon those whom we think have sinned. I mean, we're human. We like to do that. Let's be honest, right? I love when I can pull my finger at my wife and say, you did that wrong. But I don't like when she points her finger back at me. Well, you did four things wrong. You know, we don't like that part of it. But we have to understand, there's more to us as Christians than just this mere flesh and bones. We have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us. And he expects more of us. And he wants more of us. And so the scripture here commands us not to judge or to condemn others. For, think about this. If we are judging and we're condemning other people, what ministry are we not doing? I gave you the clue at the very beginning the ministry of reconciliation. I promise you, I guarantee you, that's not going to take place. And that's why it's so important that we understand this. See, judge not, that word is the word crino, and it means to form and express an opinion as any person or thing. But here's the key to that to that judge not. Okay? The key is it's more commonly an unfavorable judgment. Otherwise, it's a human judgment. This is not referring to a godly judgment where Christ is going to judge. And so that's what we need to be very clear about. In John 8, verse 16, it says, and yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. Now, this is, this, is, this is Christ himself. And why is Christ's judgment true? Listen here. It says, because for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. So when Christ makes a judgment, it's based upon his Father and the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And it's always right because they know the mo- all the motives. They know everything. We do not. We do not. And so, if we judge, it goes contrary to what God's purpose is for those who are his and, and believe. Look, let's listen to this passage of scripture. In Romans 2, 1, it says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doeth the same thing. Now, think about this: you see someone over there and they steal something. Oh well, they, look, they're, they're, they stole this stuff. They, 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 whatever they did. And what this Bible verse is saying is, you're gonna, you're gonna condemn them, but yet you're doing the same thing. And this, is, this may seem nitpicky, but the Holy Spirit's gonna say. Yeah, when you took that pencil from work, that wasn't your pencil. See, that's that's how important sin is to God. Things that we say, "Oh, it's okay." The Bible says sin is sin. It makes no difference. And so, if you're condemning someone here who has obviously openly sinned, and you're judging them, and you're punishing them, and you're you're bringing ridicule. You're not reconciling. You're not wanting to reconcile them. You're wanting to rub it in that, hey, look, 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 look how, how bad how you are, look how good I am. That's really what the, what the situation is. You overlook your own faults, your own sins. And according to the human world standards, uh, everyone takes stuff from the office. No big deal. Not the Bible. The Bible says otherwise. And so we've got to be very careful about how, about how we judge. It reminds me, of in Luke 6, uh, 41 and 42, um, this passage of Scripture, my wife corrected me when I preached this passage of Scripture one time and said, well, the illustration I used was wrong, and she was right, you know, so um, it came back from Isaac Air Freight or whatever, you know, and, and here, here's this, it's a, it's a radio thing, you hear and, and you're watching and husband and wife, they had these big old logs, planks in their eyes, and and one of the uh, detectives comes up and goes, why don't you take, take, take all those plugs, planks out here? What planks? And they're walking around. You hear the dishes breaking, windows crashing because they're, they're hitting everything they're running into because they have big old logs in their eyes. But yet they're sitting there saying, oh, I have this person, this person, that person, all the wrong all these people are doing, but yet they can't see their own, their own faults. And that's what the pastor talks about in Luke 6. How can we rightly judge someone else when we ourselves have even greater faults? See, at times our judgmental attitude can seem to provide us an excuse not to become involved in God's redemptive work in someone's life. See, the real issue is when you see a brother or sister that's in sin, Or even a lost person that's in sin. Our job is not to come up and condemn them. Our job is to come up to them and show them the light of Christ in our life and the love of Christ in our life. Now, yes, they they have a choice. They can either run away or they can respond. But we don't have a choice. We ought to show reconciliation, we ought to show the love of Christ in that situation. And yeah, You're going to get taken advantage of many times. But how many times has Christ got taken advantage of for me, for you, by our actions? 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5 says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. Okay. Let's stop right there. When are we to judge? Not till Christ comes, (laughs) till the Lord comes. We're not to have this kind of wrong judgment in our life. Who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. See, the reason we're not to judge is because we don't know the hidden things of the heart or the counsels of the heart of the people we're judging. We don't know those things. God does, but we don't. Yeah, and even I've been in churches and uh, pastor churches and there there are those that, well, I prayed and God said I should do this. Really? You need to do that? Okay, do that, but make sure God's love is present in all that you say and do. Because if it's not, it's all a work of the flesh. And too often that's how it is with, with Christians. Especially in this day and hour. When we see so much of what's going on in the world right now, we can look to a lot of the prophecies in, in Scripture. You know, I believe Christ's coming is any time. But we need to be found doing the ministry of reconciliation when Christ comes. And that's what's important. So we can't form an opinion on someone's guilt or their conduct because we don't know their heart. We don't know their motives. All we can do, as, as, as Jesus says, we, we, we need to be fruit bearers, or, or fruit inspectors. If they're a Christian, well, think of us as, as an apple tree. You walk into an apple orchard, you expect them to get apples from an apple tree. You walk in an orchard and, and, and you, you look, see this plant that's growing up and is not producing any apples. It's not an apple tree. Pretty clear. Now, as Christians, the love of Christ should be flowing through us. And so we can inspect the fruit. Jesus does that. Well, the Father comes to and he'll prune that which is, which is his, and that is not bearing a fruit. He, cl- he clips them off. For the fire, because they're not his. And so we, we, we need to understand this. Now, the verse also says in, in verse 37, Luke 6 says, Condemn not. Now, condemn means that means to pronounce judgment, pronounce a sentence against an individual. Yeah, the jury found him guilty, then the judge says, Here's your sentence. And what happens when. When we're doing, we're making ourselves judge and jury. We're we're finding them guilty, and then we're, we're giving them sentence. Matthew 7, or 12, verse 7 says, But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would not have condemned the guiltless. Now, Jesus is t- talking to all this, the scribes and Pharisees of his day, and one, one of the situations going on in this passage of Scripture, the disciples were walking through a cornfield, and, and they're hungry. And, they, you know, back in Jewish day, if you're on the path, you can reach over and take some of the weed or corn that's there, and you can do what you need to do with it, and you can eat it. You're allowed to do that. In fact, that's how the poor would receive their food many times. They had to go out there. And they they couldn't go into the field, but they could walk on the plug. What that's, what's, right, what's right next to the path they can get, but you know Jesus, he, he made sure when he's walking through the field it was during, on a Sabbath day, and disciples were doing this, and the Pharisees. And I always wonder why all the Pharisees following him around. You know, obviously they've, 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 they've traveled more than, than what was like a mile from their house from following him around. So, but again, their, their focus is on, is on others, not themselves, not their own sins. And again, that's what judge, wrong judgment does. But they're saying, that's not right for you to stop us to do this, to, to, to act this way on the Sabbath day. But they missed what Jesus was saying mercy. Mercy. Otherwise, he's saying, it is always right to do good. It doesn't matter what day it is, it's always right to do good does not matter what day its its always right to do good that's why Jesus, he also healed a man withered, with a withered with with hand on the Sabbath day. Because it's always right to do good. Matthew 12, 37 says, For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Otherwise, your actions are what's going to justify us or condemn us. Our actions because when you stand before, the, before Christ on, at, 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 the, at the judgment seat, he's looking at your heart. He's looking at your motives. And like he said, if you gave one, one glass of water to someone in my name, that's a blessing. But if you gave the same glass of water for your benefit, oh, Lord, I can help you with that. Here you go. She's doing that. Or let me help you with that. You know, may God bless you. And you know, you know, I'm a Christian. This is why I'm doing this because I love Jesus. Big difference, isn't there? One uplifts self, other one uplifts Christ. See, too many off times we do good things, but we never tell people about the one why we're doing them, who we're, who we're working for. And then we get to this this part about the forgive. Forgive. That means to overlook, to release, to let go free, to set up liberty. Now, last time you forgave someone, is that what happened? From that point on, you overlooked that fault, never thought about it again. You release them. You never bring it up again. You know? You let it go free. He set him at liberty. Jesus told a parable in Matthew 18, verse 27. And said, Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him as dead. This is the servant that owed Paul and our standard millions of dollars. No way he could pay it back. And he forgave him. But then that wicked servant went out and said, another servant threw him in jail because he owed him a hundred bucks. And we all know the story. The master brought that one servant in. He forgave millions and said, no, you're going, you're going to jail. You're going, you're going to pay me every dime. See, mercy, reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, that's what's being spoken of here. See, Scripture reminds us that God will treat us the same with the same grace or severity with which we treat others. And Luke 6, to verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into, their, into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now we see the good part of that verse, but the reverse of that is just the opposite. If, you, if you're if you treating someone unwise and, and, and cruel and doing those things, then that same cruelty that you give to, towards someone else, it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men do to you. Same thing. It's good to be on the, on, 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 on the reconciliation side. See God commands us not to judge others because he knows, our judgments cannot be true. Okay? They're always slanted. But now, he does command us to be discerning. We need to be discerning. And that's where this forgiveness comes in, where Jesus said we that we would know people's spiritual conditions by the fruit of their lives. In Matthew 7, verse 16, it says... You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? No. If you want a grape, you go to to the grapevine and get a grape. You're not going to go to a thorn thorn bush. It's not going to happen. But the same thing is true in in, in a person's life. If you are watching and you're observing their life and you're seeing what's coming out of their life, is it the love of Christ? Is it humility? Is, is, there, is there brokenness in their life? Are they as broken when, when a brother or sister sins as the one that sins? Because they're hurt because of what, they're, what's, what that person is going through. See, that's the life of Christ. Christ mourned. I mean, he was in tears over Israel when he was coming down on the donkey and, oh, Israel, oh, Israel, if only you'd known this day. I would have drawn you all in, he said. But they didn't. He mourned because of their sin, because of their rejection. And we should do the same, especially with other brothers and sisters of Christ around us. We should be doing the same. Not judging them, not separate and push them away. Only time we push them away is when they refuse to acknowledge their sin, they want to live in their sin then yeah, the Bible says we shouldn't have anything to do do with those Christians. In fact, that's the time the church needs to put them out. But we put them out so that they'll come back. See, there's a difference here. There's a difference of doing things Christ's way and doing things the world's way. And so if we're looking at a person's life and, and examining the fruit of their life, Are we being judgmental? No, we're being discerning. And scripture commands us to avoid associating with scoffers or fools. Proverbs 22, verse 10 says, cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. If you think about it, if you look in your church and if you go back in the history of your church, now I've seen this in churches I pastored. Whenever there seems to be a problem, there was always, always the same two or three people in the center of that problem. You know what that tells me? If you're examining the fruit and you're watching these situations come up, and it's always the same individuals that are, that are causing the problems, Bibles, the Bible calls them scorners. You need to deal with them. You need to deal with them in love but deal with them the Bible tells you how to do that I know Randy I'm a, I'm, I love Randy's ministry I, I believe he started He started pastoring here he sent him, I started pastoring out at First Baptist Eagle River and he's done great great things out here for God so I know he knows how to handle these scriptures in love the door is always open to come back with genuine repentance see that's the key that's the key and see unless we're able to identify the scoffers the fools the contentious people we cannot obey God's command Because if we're not able to identify them, then all we're doing is judging and that's with a wrong heart but if we're examining and living by the spirit of God we'll have discernment and that's totally different because we'll be following what God has laid out for us to do. So that's not being judgmental, it's being discerning. See, as Christians, we have been instructed to observe the lives of others so that we can help them while avoiding any sinful influence ourselves. Galatians 6 1 says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now, this, this passage of Scripture is right there. That's the ministry of reconciliation right there. I see Jeremy, since he's one of the few, I know David and them, but I see Jeremy over here, he's, and he is all of a sudden just laying into somebody, and, and, and maybe some foul words come out of him. I'm just making this up. Some foul words came out of his mouth, and I heard that. You know, okay. I can can do, Jeremy, boy, what you said, I'm I'm, going to take care of that. I'm going to take it to Pastor Randy, and we're going to do this, and we're going to get rid of you. Really? That's more of a judgment there. Whereas, if I overhear that going on, and I say, oh, man, that's bad. I need to go. You know what, Lord? You're right. Last week, I said some pretty nasty words to David over here. I was wrong. Oh Lord, forgive me. Then I go to David and I say, David, what I said last week was, I apologize. That was wrong what I said. Now, when I go to Jeremy, my attitude's totally different. Jeremy, I heard what you said to so and so, and hopefully, being a man of God, he is. He, he's gonna oh, he'll repent, and then Write it, write it with that individual. say he doesn't. And he goes, well, yeah, but I heard what you said to David over there and you you know better than me. He says, you know what? You're right. What I said David was wrong, that's why before I came and talked to you, I went and talked to David and I got it right with him because that's what the Bible says we're supposed to do. That's the ministry of reconciliation. That's what churches need to do and we're not doing, which is why the power of God so often is not being demonstrated in the church today. See, ye which are more Spiritual. That doesn't say pastors. It doesn't say deacons. It's talking about you as Christians. Do the mature spiritual thing. Examine your own life first. And I guarantee the Holy Spirit will say, you need to go correct this over here before you go correct that one. Because you take all the fuel out of the fire when you do that. And plus it changes your heart, your attitude when you go to confront someone else because now you're in a ministry of reconciliation and you want to restore, you want to love, you want to hold together. And the Bible says if he wants to continue to, to rebel against that, then go get two or three people. Two or three witnesses, the Bible says. That don't mean two or three of your buddies. That means you, you sit there and think, who does Jeremy look up to as a spiritual leader? and you go get that person. Then you go get someone that you look up to as a spiritual leader, and you go get that person. There's your two or three. And Then you go confront. That way, you're both going to be held accountable by by those spiritual leaders, hopefully. But if that don't work, then it goes before the church. But see, it's the ministry of reconciliation that keeps us from judgment, that keeps us in the love of Christ that keeps us focused on the fellowship and gets rid of all the divisiveness that's out there. You see, you're going to be helpful to others only if you see them as God does. How did God see Jeremy? How does God see me? How does God see David? How does God see all of us? He loved us so much, he sent his own son to die on a cross for us. When we see people that way, to where we're willing to give up anything and everything to bring that person back to Christ, things change. Things change. If you've been judgmental to others, ask forgiveness to God. First of all, every sin is against God first and foremost. It's all against him. And then if that sin involves somebody else, then you go to that one, go to that individual and make it right. Ask forgiveness and pledge yourself to let God use you as his minister of reconciliation. See, I don't believe, like I said, resolutions and recommitments, all those kind of things. I believe there's a place to come and at the altar and give your heart to God. But then it has to be a heart change that takes place, not just a decision, a mind change. Too often it's up here and it's not down here, which is why you go right out and you keep doing the same thing over and over again. I want to close with the verse I read from the very beginning. 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Is this an active part of your Christian life? If it's not, it can start today. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.